Welcome to Caregiver Chats. Today, I'm going to answer your caregiving questions that were submitted to the Caregiver Chats inbox. So stay tuned and we'll get into it. Hi, Dr. Lakeland here. I'm a gerontologist and caregiving advocate for Home Instead, an honor company. I know there are so many questions that caregivers have, and I love when you write to me with those questions. Today, I'm going to answer two of them that were submitted to the Caregiver Chats inbox. You can submit your questions to my email. It is caregiverchats at homeinsteadinc.com. That's caregiverchats at homeinsteadinc.com. But before I dive into those questions, I want to share a quick life update. I am now a new mom. My husband and I welcomed our son, our first son, Jude Lawrence, to the world a few months ago. We are so thankful he is happy and healthy, and I might be a little biased, but he is super adorable and has the cutest little face. I can hardly stand it. I think I kiss his cheeks about 50 times a day. In my first few months with baby Jude, the term caregiver has taken on a whole new meaning to me. I am reminded that caregiving takes many forms throughout the life course. On this podcast, we focus on caring for aging loved ones, but many are out there also caring for young children, a spouse, an individual with special needs, or a chronic illness. And no matter what type of caregiving role we find ourselves in, I think that there's some general themes and tips that apply to caregiving at any stage of life. So I thought I'd share a few of those with you today. First is that nothing can really prepare you to be a caregiver. You really learn along the way. There's a learning curve for all types of caregiving. And just know that you're going to make mistakes. I have certainly made some mistakes over these first few months with Jude. But in those mistakes, we really need to give ourselves some grace. Try to learn from the mistakes that we're making. We can always adapt and try something new next time. So the second reflection I have uh, was on the importance of creating a support network. I know I've talked about that on this podcast before, but it's important not only to create the network, but actually use it. This network can help you be a better caregiver. Also consider that by letting others help you, you might be helping them on their journey as well. If you think about it, often when we help others, we feel a sense of purpose, We feel really good knowing we're doing something for someone else. So as a caregiver, by letting others help you, it might be helping them too. So the next time someone offers to help, to give you a break, bring over a meal, or run an errand for you, say yes. Take them up on it. The third thing I've been thinking about is that caring for another person is hard. Sometimes it's really, really hard and even kind of stinks. But as a caregiver, we do it anyway. We expand in ways we didn't know were possible. And it's okay to have those feelings. It's actually normal. But it's important not to let those feelings lead us to burnout. It's important to ask for help when we need it and have a trusted person to talk to, like a friend or counselor. I know that for me, talking to a therapist really helps me process my emotions. And she also provides some really helpful perspectives, and tips. So don't bottle it up all inside. Find a healthy outlet for the emotions you experience as a caregiver. And then my final thought is, although caregiving can be hard and it can be challenging, 
there are also beautiful moments. So it's important to stop and cherish those special moments. The smiles, the laughter, the hugs. Some days it's those good moments. And even though they're few and far between, they can help us get through the really hard times. Okay, so now that I've had a chance to share some of my thoughts with you, it's your turn. I have really enjoyed reading your questions and stories that come to our Caregiver Chats inbox, and I want to share two of them with you today. The first question is from a caregiver named Melissa. Melissa wrote in, My 87-year-old mother still lives at home with my dad, who's currently in a rehab facility, trying to regain his strength as he has neuropathy in both feet and his hands. I'm one of five siblings, and my mom showed a side of herself and the dementia that I have never seen. She has trouble walking, so I bring her a warm washcloth in the mornings and before bed at night. But this morning, she took the washcloth from my hand and threw it on the floor. I saw that she wasn't herself. She also avoids eye contact with me for no apparent reason. It hurts me, but I push it aside and try to forget what happened. I'd appreciate any advice you could give when dealing with this kind of aggression. So that was Melissa's question. And first of all, Melissa, thank you so much for writing in. I know it can be really, really hard to see changes in your loved one's personality, especially if they're aggressive, dementia-related behaviors. So know that you're not alone. This is actually very common. It's important to remind yourself not to take it personally, and I know that can be hard, but remember it's the dementia that is causing damage to the brain and it's causing your mom to act out of character. But with that being said, there could be something that's contributing to the aggression and you want to try to see if you can get to the bottom of it. So Melissa, think about putting on your detective's hat and try to consider what that could be. If you're, tr- if you're able, you know, try to identify some triggers and then you can take a proactive approach to try and redirect or avoid those triggers and prevent it from happening in the first place. When we see agitation and aggression in a person living with dementia, you know, whether it's physical or verbal, it could be caused by many factors. Some of those could include physical discomfort or pain. You know, sometimes it could be like a UTI, a urinary tract infection or some other type of infection. So you want to get them to the doctor. It could be environmental factors. It could be frustration Or it could even be poor communication between you and your loved one. And Melissa, in your mom's case, perhaps she doesn't remember what to do with that washcloth that you hand her, so she needs some additional instruction. So maybe you could ask her if she needs help applying the washcloth to her skin. Or maybe she's frustrated when the washcloth gets cold, but doesn't know how to communicate it, so she just throws it on the ground. So if this is the case, you could offer to warm up the washcloth again. Or it might also be helpful to redirect her when she does this to something that she really likes. Maybe it's her favorite song or her favorite TV program. And this could help to calm her down. When it comes to her avoiding eye contact, that can be really hurtful. So Melissa, I'm sorry you're experiencing that. But try to look for a pattern in when she does this specific behavior. It might be helpful to get down at her eye level and make direct eye contact. So maybe you sit down next to her or kneel on the ground to get again at that eye level, and maybe this will help. You could also try taking her hand in your hand in addition to making the eye contact. 
so she knows that you're giving her your full attention. But it's likely Melissa going to take some trial and error to figure out what works to calm her down or to avoid the aggression altogether. So I would like to share some additional things to keep in mind that could apply to caregivers, uh, any caregiver experiencing agitation or aggression in their loved ones. So first, you want to rule out if pain is causing the behavior. It may be that they're hurting in some way and they're trying to express it. Maybe it's a headache. Maybe it's a urinary tract infection. So you want to rule out that pain and maybe even make an appointment with the healthcare provider. It may also be helpful in times when they're aggressive or agitated to validate their feelings. You could say, you know, I'm really sorry that you're upset or I can see how that would make you mad. You can even take their side and say, you know, that makes me mad too. Again, that might help to validate what they're feeling. Sometimes it's also helpful to just apologize and take the blame. And this is important, uh, especially to make sure you're never arguing with them, uh, even if it wasn't your fault. So just apologizing can sometimes be all that's needed to kind of help de-escalate that aggression or agitation. When appropriate and if it's safe, you might also want to provide comfort by giving a hug holding their hand, or rubbing their back. Again, that comfort can be reassuring. You may want to evaluate your own communication. Are you talking too fast? Are you giving too many instructions at once? Are you allowing them enough time to respond? Sometimes giving them up to 10 seconds to respond can be what they need to formulate their thoughts and response to the question you've asked them. So you might be surprised when you give them a little extra time. You may also want to assess the environment. Is there something around them that is upsetting them? Is there too much noise? Is there multiple things happening at once that is overwhelming? Would it be helpful for a change of scenery? Or would it be helpful to move to a different room to go out for a walk? That might be what they need. Um, Or they might just need a little physical space from you. So if it's safe, you could leave the room and come back after they've had a few minutes to cool down. A few additional things to keep in mind. Uh, First is it's important for you as the caregiver not to get upset. Uh, Try to stay positive and reassuring. But that can be hard in those kind of stressful situations. But some positivity can go a long way. Also be sure that you and the individual that you're caring for are safe. If the aggression ever escalates to a point of danger, please, please call for help. And if these symptoms continue and you can't seem to determine why or you can't find a helpful solution, you want to consult your loved one's healthcare provider. And when you talk to that provider, they're going to likely ask you a lot of questions. So as a caregiver, it can be helpful for you to track patterns in a journal so you can share this information about your loved one's behavior with their healthcare provider. So I know these were a lot of tips, but Melissa, I hope that these are helpful for you in your caregiving journey. I'm also going to link to a video in the show notes that I did on agitation and aggression. It's a video you can watch on YouTube. And so I hope that those tips will also be helpful. So thank you again so much, Melissa, for reaching out. Before I get to the next question, let's pause for a short commercial break. This podcast is brought to you by Home Instead, an honor company. 
If you find yourself needing extra support as a family caregiver or time away from your caregiving responsibilities, Home Instead can help. Our home care services are delivered by compassionate care professionals and range from personal care, meal preparation, and medication management to Alzheimer's care and hospice support. Visit homeinstead.com to learn more and to find a location near you. The second question that came to our Caregiver Chats inbox comes from Annie. She says, one of the biggest questions I would love advice on is how to care for an older person dealing with mental health problems like depression and anxiety, or especially dealing with dementia and mental health problems. This has by far been my biggest challenge so far in my caregiving journey, and there isn't a lot of information out there from what I can find. Any ideas would be greatly appreciated. Thank you so much, Annie, for bringing up this important topic. It is common for older adults to have comorbidities. And so comorbidities means when a person has multiple chronic conditions or illnesses at the same time, such as dementia and depression. And these comorbidities can create challenges and complexities in how we care for someone. So when it comes to mental health issues in the general older adult population, it is most common to see depression and anxiety. And some people think it's a normal part of aging, but it is not normal. It most likely can be treated, so we need to make sure that a healthcare provider knows about any depression or anxiety symptoms that an older adult is experiencing. What can be challenging is if a person has mental health conditions in addition to dementia. In these cases, certain treatments may not be a good fit. For example, psychotherapy or counseling might not work for someone with dementia because they might not remember the session and so it's hard for them to make progress over time. Or the medications for certain types of mental health conditions may not be helpful or effective for those living with dementia. So you want to be sure to talk through these options with the person's healthcare provider. With that being said, there are a number of things that caregivers can do in the, in the care they're providing every day to their loved one with a mental health condition, whether or not they have dementia. So first is to have patience and empathy. This may sound obvious, but it can be helpful to remember that their behavior may be influenced by their mental health condition or the progression of their dementia. Take time to listen to them, allow time for certain activities, and be flexible when they are emotional. It can be a great way to support them. It can also be helpful to establish a routine. Consistency in activities and schedules can help reduce confusion and anxiety. It can also provide a sense of stability and security for the person that you're caring for. It can also be helpful to encourage social interaction and engagement, especially with friends, family, and community groups. Social connections can help alleviate feelings of loneliness and depression. It can also give the person something to look forward to. Also engaging the person in meaningful activities that they enjoy and find stimulating can be a good way to improve their mood, to provide purpose and enjoyment. Some examples of this would be to consider what hobbies they enjoy, uh, maybe current hobbies or past hobbies, and then find ways to bring those hobbies back into their life. Maybe it's painting, or if they were a golfer, maybe you visit a golf range and, and critique the golfer's 
uh, swings as they practice. You can also introduce a new puzzle or game that is compatible with their current abilities. Maybe it's a trivia game with questions from their favorite decade. Or you can also get outside in nature. Nature can be a great way to lift our mood. Maybe you go for a walk in the park or on a drive through the countryside. Again, it can do wonders to help lift their spirits. You could also ask for their help with certain activities around the house or with a project. Maybe it's sorting items or folding laundry or even setting the table. That sense of meaning and purpose can make them feel valued. Also, music can be a great mood lifter. So find out what type of music they enjoy or special songs that remind them of their childhood and play those regularly. Annie, I hope that these tips were helpful. And when it comes to resources, I agree there's not a lot of content out there. But I would suggest looking at the resources that is put out by a group called uh, NAMI. It stands for National Alliance for Mental Illness. They recently paired with the National Alliance for Caregiving to create a circle of care guide for mental health caregivers. And I have linked to that guide in the show notes. Those were some great questions. So I want to thank Melissa and Annie again for writing in. And I look forward to answering more of your questions that come into our inbox in future episodes of Caregiver Chats. So as a reminder, you can always email me. My email address is caregiverchats@homeinsteadinc.com. Again, that's caregiverchats@homeinsteadinc.com. In the next episode of Caregiver Chats, I'm going to talk about hearing loss. It's something that many caregivers commonly face when they're caring for a loved one. It's also something that many older adults don't want to admit to. So I hope that you'll join me next episode to learn tips and resources to address hearing loss. I also invite you to follow us on Facebook at Home Instead Inc. That's Home Instead I-N-C. For previews of upcoming episodes, caregiving tips, and more, you can find the link in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and please remember to take good care of yourself while you care for others. Caregiver Chats is brought to you by Home Instead. If you're looking for in-home care to support you on your caregiving journey, please visit homeinstead.com slash caregiverchats to learn more.